Nashville SC slump continues. The boys in gold drop all three points at Geodis Park, and this time it is to a team that entered the match sitting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference table. Toronto FC got a brace from Jonathan Osorio, while summer additions Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Bernardeschi provided enough to overcome three Nashville goals in a 4-3 barn burner. Welcome to Club and Country, the podcast of record for Nashville SC coverage. I am Tim Sullivan, the proprietor of ClubCountryUSA.com, and I am not joined by Wes Bowling, as you may have guessed by the fact that I'm doing the intro, but rather a special guest host, my good friend, Valer Shabila. Valer, tell the people who you are. What's up, everyone? Uh, I have not covered this team more than anyone in their resp- respective order. Oh, this month, sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, but uh, I have covered this team to, since 2019. This year, I've really upped up in terms of covering this team. I've been doing a lot of extra content. As you might have heard me on Pharmaceutical Soccer, the former home of Tim Sullivan, of course. Uh, but no, very happy to be here making my club and country debut. So very excited. Yeah, Valer, well, let's uh, let's get right into the action with what we call our early shout. But first, um, Club and Country is brought to you by ML Rose. Uh, that is the the burger place of record for, for Nashville SC coverage, if you ask me. Valer, Wes and I talk about it every week. Have you been there before or after a Nashville SC game yet this year? I haven't been before or after a Nashville SC game. I have been there after a Rainbow Unicorns game, which okay. if anybody knows, uh, I play for this stupid rec team that's called Rainbow <laughs> Unicorns, so I'm actually wearing their jersey right now. So, um, uh, But yeah, we've been there after a game because we sometimes play close to that area, and I, I've, I've liked it before they were a sponsor for y'all. So um, I guess I guess that's the best I can say is that I, I really like the burgers there. I have had their wings. I think that I really like that. I think I've ordered wings the last two times I've been there, so... Uh, big Wings fan here. Yeah, shout out to the Rainbow Unicorns. I think I gave you guys a shout out a few podcasts hey. ago for because you told me that you guys had gone there. Um, thank you to you guys for checking out our sponsor. Thank you to ML Rose for sponsoring the show, of course. Uh, Valer talked about the food. I'll talk really quickly about the beer. Uh, Wes and I went there with, with a few listeners a couple of weeks ago after the game. We did not go there this past Saturday. But, um, you know, I had I had a couple of beers. I did not have any food. I was I was fed very well by the Nashville SC Press Box Fair. So um, thank you, as always, to ML Rose. Valer, let's get right into our early shout. First, Nashville SC lost twice at Nissan Stadium in 2020 and zero times in 2021. They've already lost at Geodas Park on three occasions, and two of them were to really poor opposition. First, Valer, you take in the games from the supporter section, a very different vantage point than Wes and I have. Have you noticed a difference in, in the vibe between the venues, anything that might kind of explain it from a, from a supporter's perspective? I don't know if anything can explain it, but there's definitely a difference in vibes for sure. Uh, and funny that you mentioned that this last game was one of the few I wasn't actually in the supporter mm-hmm. section. But I, oh, it was also really good for me to experience it from because when you're in the middle of the supporter section, it's kind of a different vibe altogether. So when you're shouting or screaming or jumping or whatever it may be, um, you only see kind of what pe- what's around you, but you don't see how the stadium is perceiving that. Mm-hmm. So I, I was in a different section. I kind of saw how that went on. Um, there is a difference between Nissan Stadium and obviously First Tennessee Park, but we're not going to go that far back. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to the Wayback Machine. <laughs> yeah, right. Like really quick. I think the biggest difference for 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 the supporters, I think it just sounds better, uh, which is weird that mm-hmm. you know that co- doesn't correlate to results always. Um, you're more on top of the action. You know, you're pretty much right there. If you're sitting in the, any of the front rows, you're seeing everything. You're feeling everything. Uh, you hear the players and stuff like that. Um, I think the disappointing part a little bit becomes when I was hoping personally that the stadium will catch on to a little bit more of the mm-hmm. rhythms and chants. Um, 
And uh, to be fair to the rest of the fans, we saw that when Nashville was performing better or when Nashville did something on the field that was exciting, the fans were more willing to accept sort of uh, right. maybe maybe even a clap or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's something that we don't see as much uh, as, as much of our thought here at Geodis. Yeah, and I think another thing that that I we heard from a post-game press conference and I I potentially falsely attributed it to Andre Blake last week. And I still have not looked up who said it, but they said it's, it's, it's loud when there are goals, but, but kind of during the action, it's, it's, you know, just kind of whatever. Is that something that, that feels different than it was at Nissan or is it just kind of talk? <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's probably the same as Nissan. The only difference mm -hmm. is that probably whoever said it didn't play at Nissan because it was quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, but I've been, uh, you know, I, I've been to Elion's field, like we're going to mm -hmm. talk about later. I, I've been to uh, the Columbus Crew Stadium, uh, Lower.com. I've been to Cincinnati Stadium. And, and it seems like it's fairly similar throughout MLS that the I don't hate calling them casuals, that the people that are in the middle sections are not right. as into it as they are in the supporter section, which is expected, but I think we can do a little bit better, especially these newer teams, to kind of bring in uh, the, the less diehard fans that are in the supporter section. Mm -hmm. Well, let's kind of put some context on to, to what has happened at Geodis Park this year. LAFC is elite. I think losing 2-1 to one, uh, at home against them is, is hardly anything to be uh, ashamed of. <laughs> They're elite home or road. But Sporting Kansas City is 2-8-3 and three on the road. Toronto now 1-7-4. and four. That was their first road win all year. Nashville has accounted for two-thirds of the road wins for, for SKC and Toronto combined. It's a situation where, regardless of whether it's anything to do with supporters, regardless of whether it's anything to do with the venue, this team has not performed very well at home so far this year. No, and it's it's very disappointing because that's kind of what we banked on, right? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, absolutely. Always, yeah, yeah I, all of us were talking about, mm -hmm. oh, the Nashville coming home and all that. But to be fair, you as and others said that let's not make this a guarantee because it's not. And, and we've mm -hmm. seen this with a lot of places, a lot of teams where they've opened their stadiums and they kind of go back to it and it's not the same vibe. It's not what they're used to. Um, but like you said, San Jose, another one that was kind of disappointing here at home. And, and, and I mean, it, it, it can go on really, but uh, I, I think the biggest thing to me, and I talked about it uh, last week as well on our show and, and this week on our show really <laughs> is that that organization and that team that was sort of, um, that what, what we were known for, what Nashville SC yeah. was known for, was that disciplined, defensive, organized team. That's completely lost now, whether at home or away, really, but mainly at home, which was the biggest sort of advantage Nashville SC had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that actually I have I have not put this in the rundown or thought about it until you just said that. But I, I do wonder if some of it is we know this Nashville SC team likes going on the road and feeling like they're kind of the bad guys and saying, hey, it's an us against the world mentality. That might have kind of still been the case at Nissan Stadium because they didn't feel like it was their stadium. And certainly in the first year, they thought, hey, we're the underdog in every game because of what our roster <laughs> looks like right now. I do wonder if if the desire to entertain the home fans a little bit more might have something to do with that. Um, you know, Toronto is not scoring four goals regularly on anyone. Nashville was obviously going forward and, and maybe that had us a little bit to do with it, too. Yeah, and, and I think one more thing in terms of that, like us versus the world thing, I don't want to go back to Gary's comments and all that, but mm -hmm. I think one of the reasons he said that uh, last week about the playoffs being a big accomplishment, and I've said this to people, I think he said that to build some sort of us versus the world or nobody believes mm -hmm. in us mentality within the locker room, because he knows for a fact that these players have performed when that mentality was 
was visible when when the national media and whoever uh, media just didn't really care about this team the players went out and put out a great performances week in week out so maybe it was kind of like a last ditch like let me try this maybe this will bring people together and we can get a positive result yeah that's a really interesting point because i think people have especially in the fan base latched on to what he said um which i i uh abbreviated uh people on the outside to outsiders and i think that that choice of words that was my choice of words not gary's choice of words is part of what has people mad at him but i i think he has uh, a responsibility to win soccer games, obviously. He has a responsibility to do what it takes to win those soccer games. And he's a guy who's always been very honest in the press, but when he needs to, he's probably not above sending a message to his team. And I think you have a really good point that that's, that's probably a big part of, of that sort of messaging. Yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, this is where this team thrived when they were, when they were, yeah, the, yeah. like you said, the underdog. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, get back to our to our early shout here. The the uh, Toronto FC team that beat Nashville SC on Saturday night is is different than the one that's played most of the year. Um, Insigne and Bernardeschi have both played four times. They joined um, the club during the July transfer window. Insigne signed before the season. Bernardeschi added um, during that transfer window. Toronto has two wins and two draws. Um, they lost one of those draws on penalties in the Canadian Championship to Vancouver Whitecaps. In those games, Bernardeschi has two goals and three assists, and Insigne has one goal and one assist. Are these additions enough to excuse NSC playing poorly? Did NSC even play that poorly and just kind of get, you know, out-talented by two guys who have Italian national team caps? Uh, you know, no disrespect to Insigne or Berndeski. Mm-hmm. Is it Berndeski or Berndeski? I don't care. Uh, okay. <laughs> Whoever, however you pronounce it. Or, or any of the... Uh, it probably is Berndeski, but, but, but we'll I don't speak Berndeschi. Italian. I, I like Berndeski. Italian's my fourth language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I, think, I think it was a disappointing night for Nashville more than anything, really. Mm-hmm. Not, not to take away from Toronto's performance, because I think they came in and did a good enough job, but... When you look at this team, um, I don't think they really, Toronto didn't really, I don't know, they, they didn't dominate the game. It wasn't like mm-hmm. LAFC, right? Where LAFC played Nashville, Nashville responded to them, and the LAFC just was better. Yeah, that was yeah. the end. You know, that was clear. You saw that. But with Toronto, it wasn't really that. Uh, when you look at some of the goals, like Osario's first goal or, or Insigne's last goal, really poor, poor tracking, poor defending, however you want to talk about it. For Nashville, um, I think that's something that just wouldn't have happened in 2021 or 2020 for this defense specifically. So uh, so I think it's a lot of... It, it, has a, it has a lot more to do with Nashville playing poorly yeah. defensively than Toronto really taking the bull by the horn and going for it. Yeah, I see, I see both sides of it. And obviously both sides are always going to be important in any given result. You know, their kids are on scholarship too, as I always like to say. And people are like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it's a really good point. Just trust me, everyone. These are really good players. Nashville didn't play well enough to contain really good players. But, you know, if, if you're against the average MLS guy and you're giving him a rip from the top of the 18-yard box, more often than not, he's not scoring. So it, there, there is a combination of whether it's Nashville playing poorly or Nashville not recognizing that they needed to up their game against the type of players that, um, you know, I guess since Jonathan Osorio had one of the outside-the-box goals, it, it's, it kind of diminishes that point a little bit. But nonetheless, you have to both have the, the cracks in the defense and have the guys to take advantage of it. I don't think that Toronto had that three weeks ago. They do now, and Nashville kind of got it put on their face because they didn't recognize that. 
So that kind of also actually brings us to our to our last uh, gold nugget early shout point here, which is goalkeeping. Uh, Joe Willis is now allowing 123% of expected goals against him this year. That means uh, the quality of chances generated by opponents and put on frame. He has allowed basically an extra, you know, goal for every four shots, basically. So with that in mind, was was the performance from him specifically on Saturday night a problem? Is it time to give Elliot Panico another shot? What do we think about kind of the goalkeeping situation with this team? Tim, you've been very nice to putting Joe Willis's numbers up here. I do not have Elliot Panico. So he's he's allowing he's allowing 113 percent. So it's not okay. that much better. It's it's kind of the the right in between there. Right, and that proves my point. Mm-hmm. Since the beginning of this season, even when Joe Willis was at his poorest and Elliot Panico was at his highest, I would say. I always said that I would trust Joe Willis to be the number one more. Uh, I personally, I just don't see sort of any difference with Panico that is substantial enough that would save Nashville a point or three here or there. I think I think Joe Willis is underperforming a little bit from last season and the season before, but I think at the end of the day, this is kind of what we thought we would get from Joe Willis for better or worse. Yeah, uh, yeah. But he was really overperforming. Yeah, we got we got lucky for a couple of years to see a different Joe Willis, maybe. Yeah. Right, right. And for those of you who have listened to Pharma Soccer this week or will be listening to Pharma Soccer this week, I'm gonna repeat my point here. There's a quick and easy solution. Sean Johnson is a free agent. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, go throw the bank at him, bring him to Nashville. That's my point. Yeah. I, I think that actually raises a really good point, which is if you bring in an elite goalkeeper, it's a different situation. I think in that you lack an elite goalkeeper, do you need a little bit more of a rotation, whether that's to rest Willis or whether that's to just give a young guy like Panico, who this this technical staff really believes in, do you want to give him more game reps? You know, he obviously got a few earlier this year, but my take is is kind of that Willis is a very good goalkeeper and he's at this stage probably a better goalkeeper than Panico, but he's not so good that you have to keep him on the field and you can't give Panico minutes. And I think that's kind of a, a little bit of a kind of a middle ground to what to what this goalkeeping situation has turned into. And, and previously, I, w- I would have said never take Joe Willis off the field. It's just. It's just not that case right now. And maybe he plays his way back into what we saw in 2020 and 2021. But, um, yeah, I think either of them could probably have similar numbers. And and that's fair. You know, one thing you brought is that this coaching staff kind of believes in Panico. And, look, if they're going into it saying Panico is going to be our number one next year and we want to get him a few reps in before then, then, then yes, I am all for Panico playing. Uh, But I kind of – I don't know if I am – sold on Panico yet, but I haven't seen enough of him to be fair. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's transition and talk really quickly about this weekend's uh, upcoming game Uh, at Minnesota United. The loons are 10, nine and five. They are in fourth place in the West. They are five, six and one away, which is obviously going to be relevant because they are the road team at Geodis park. Um, Nashville drew in St. Paul in the second game of the year. We were both there. I was nice and dry in the press box. I hope you were nice and dry in the concourse there. What do you remember about that game other than the massive puddle that is, that is so notable? Honestly, it was so hard to remember anything else. Tim. <laughs> I had to go back and look at the, some of the stats and highlights because I was like, what happened that game? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but uh, no, we uh, you know we were dry in the, the area we were in. in the mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys were kind of under the canopy there, right? Right, yeah. right. So we were kind of dry. For once, the away section was actually an advantage, um, you know, but... Uh, it was, it was, uh, I remember it being kind of one of those uh, matches where Nashville didn't take 
some chances, and I think they missed out on on a team that was beatable at the time yeah. for Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota has been up and down this entire season, but at that point, their second game, they did not look very very ready versus Nashville, who was a playoffs team the year before, and kind of uh, had that uh, most of their players returning. Uh, I think I think Nashville could have taken the three points there. Uh, that weather delay, if anything, helped Minnesota, but I think at the end of the day, it affected both teams. Yeah, it definitely did. The one thing I, w- I would note is that since the the massive puddle was directly in front of me, um, the press box is, is similar to at Geodis Park. It's designed by the same people, believe it or not. The, <laughs> the layout is similar. The press box is way over towards that that right goal, whichever whichever direction that is. I think it was the south goal. Either way, uh, that massive puddle was right there. And you saw a couple of dangerous Nashville attacks kind of fizzle out because of the puddle. The, the water stopped the ball or the water made a guy slip. That said, you know, there's no intent from Minnesota <laughs> in putting yeah. a massive puddle on their field. It's just one of those things that is bad luck. And in a, in a season where it seems like Nashville is a little bit snake bitten, uh, you know, maybe they just haven't created enough of their own luck. But it is just another example of that sort of stuff. Um, what do you remember about 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 the game itself? Other than other than that, do you remember um, specifically a guy who, who did not play in Dane St. Clair? Um, being better than the guy who did play, Tyler Miller, who has since been benched um, since Dane St. Clair is healthy. And then Emma Reynoso has, has been the attacking player on the other side. Um, right. do you, what have you seen about either of those guys so far? Well, both of them are, are you know, talented players. Uh, I, I would say that uh, I've realized uh, one of the things I've noticed watching this Minnesota team since then mm-hmm. is that there's a there's sort of a a revolution of some sort where, where um, Adrian Heath kind of got his team to do something different and and go out and fight for him again because a lot of after that Minnesota didn't go on some after that first game they played against Nashville they didn't really go on some sort of a tear or anything like that uh and they actually went and were more negative and and weren't playing very well and then there was that kind of wake and then they had seven game and beating streak and those players that you mentioned Sinclair being big part of that he was he's probably one of the better goalkeepers in MLS. Oh, yeah. I know I know we're saying this right now. If you watch the highlights from his last game, <laughs> you will not agree with us uh, because he did let in two very, very easy goals. He literally gave the ball to Giassi Zardes, uh, which, by the way, Zardes as number nine for the USMNT. I'm going for it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm being distracted here. But no, I think those two guys that you mentioned are a very big part of this. And St. Clair is definitely an upgrade on Tyler Miller. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see. I don't think they're even comparable at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, before we uh, before we get to that weekend game, uh, there was one little aspect that I forgot to put in our rundown, Valer, just so you know, and that's that two Nashville players will be playing in St. Paul in the midweek this week, Hani Mukhtar and Walker Zimmerman participating in the MLS All-Star game, playing against the Liga MX All-Stars. From your perspective as a Nashville SC fan, do you want to see them basically not play? Do you want to see them go play and do super well so that they're feeling confident again? What do you think, especially, um, you know, Nashville's two stars, what do you think they need from this All-Star game? I think I'm more interested in Hani Mukhtar being in the skill challenge than I am about the actual <laughs> game uh, because I really like the skill challenge. I thought it's like a stupid little mm-hmm. thing that I enjoy. You know, I just put it on and kind of just see professional players do what what I do when I'm kicking a ball around with with a few friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the game itself, 
there was some intensity to it last year, and it's because it's yeah. Liga Mackeys versus an MLS, and there's a little bit of intensity. But I don't think it ever got to that, like, you know, slide tackle from the back sort of situation. So I am all for a good 45 minutes for each one of them. Um, go out there, showcase your level, showcase all that. The interesting thing is that Hani Mukhtar and Reynoso are going to be teammates, and then they're going to play against each other. And <laughs> same thing with Walker. So I was like, maybe you can get a, some sort of an advantage on that. I don't know. Maybe learn his like least favorite color and like shout it at him. I don't know. I'm, I'm a center back too. You know, I got to use anything I can get. Well, Adrian Heath joked in the press conference earlier today that he's going to play Walker and Hani 90 minutes um, because he is the MLS All-Stars <laughs> head coach and he's Minnesota United's head coach. Uh, a very good joke from you there, Adrian Heath. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to be up there. I'm headed up there uh, for the skills challenge and I'm going to stay through the game. So that's going to be pretty exciting. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, the priority for Nashville SC fans is that those guys stay healthy and, then, and that they are ready to play, whether that means Hani scores a hat trick in the first half and then sits to get some confidence, but also some rest. Hey, that, that'll work for all of us. Very, very important question for you, though, before we mm -hmm. move on. Are you going there early enough to see the Khalid uh, concert that they're putting on. Uh, yeah. So that's before they're, they're having a training session on Tuesday, late morning, early afternoon. And the Khalid concert is after, but I, I, it, I regret to inform you that I'm not going oh, no. to bother oh, wow. oh. Dude, you should have gone. You missed the opportunity. How many times <laughs> you get to see Khalid performing for MLS? That's uh, probably this is the only one. <laughs> well, before we before we chat a little bit about you, Valer, let's really quickly once more talk about ML Rose, sponsor of the podcast, a place where, um, you know, when when Wes and I went there after the game um, uh, a couple weeks ago, the thing that excited me the most is not only that ML Rose is excited to be a Nashville SC place, but Nashville SC fans are excited to go there. They are excited to walk there from the stadium as I insist as possible as I did to prove to Wes that it was a five minute walk and it was like a 14 minute walk, but I stopped, but I stopped uh, <laughs> at, at friend of the pod soccer Moses and chatted for a few minutes, but <laughs> it's definitely not five minutes. No, it's definitely not. It's but, absolutely not five, but, but it's, it's not, not 14 either. It's not 14 yeah. either. It's not, it's not, it's not, it, it's not a bad walk. Um, it's also a really good spot to like, for me, I don't drive to the games. I hate mm -hmm. driving to the games. Uh, so I don't have to park anywhere, but I do take Ubers. Take an Uber outside of uh, Geodis gets a little messy. If you walk to Emma Rose, grab a beer, and then take an Uber, it's much easier that way. So that's how I've used some of the bars around the area in the past. Now, when you think of soccer, when you think of Nashville SC, when you think of club and country, think ML Rose. Sorry, I killed that for you. <laughs> great, great, great ad. <laughs> Thanks. Now let's go to our, our final main section here. And I, I want to talk to you, Valera, about, about yourself. Um, you're obviously someone who, as you mentioned, um, hosts pharmaceutical soccer on Mondays uh, at 9 on 1025 The Game. Uh, but you're also a guy who, who is involved in a charity that is is really important in that in nashville and i think uh, you talk about it a lot on your show and, and i'm always and when i'm a, a guest for you guys as, as i am always grateful when i am uh, I, I try to prod you a little bit to talk about it so let's talk let's talk about kicking at 615.org uh we know that or ki615.org excuse me uh we know that that it's a charity that helps kids in nashville play soccer but who are the kids um what league are they playing in how do you guys help them yeah, so uh, I'm going to give you stats from our most recent season. which was, XG or what? X, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but, but our kids come from 12 different zip codes, uh, mm -hmm. area codes in Nashville. So 
so you're looking at zip codes, not area codes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, they, so we're we're pretty wide, but mostly over sixty percent of our kids are in that East Nashville area. Uh, so we practice at East Park and play our games at Frederick Douglass Park, mm-hmm. um, part of Mid State Youth League. Um, and that league fee is paid for by Kicking the Six One Five. We form the teams. We give them everything they need from cleats. Shin guards, every single thing, uh, water, snacks, all of that. So everything's provided for the kids. It's zero dollars, uh, and it's a really good introduction to organized sports. What we've done in our research, when we did our research, we found out that kids in um, uh, in in suburbs area get the chance to play organized sports way more than kids who don't live in those suburbs. Way more than kids who are who can't afford to, to mm-hmm. play sports. As you know, soccer is pretty expensive. Even this, even if you want to play in, play in a rec league, it costs at least two hundred dollars a season. At least that's like very minimal. Uh, so what we try to do is that for the kids who can't afford it, who whoever they are, wherever they are in Nashville, if they can make it to our training and uh, games, then they can play organized soccer free of charge. And a lot of the parents have started to appreciate that. And now we have a lot of parents are willing to drive their kids, even if they're not in East Nashville, within walking distance or bus distance, they are willing to drive them. And the, the thing that becomes an issue here is that is that there are a lot of kids with parents who work two, three jobs. And, and that is another aspect of this organization is that we're not here to really uh, bring on the next Cristiano Ronaldo. We're not a soccer academy. I don't want a Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, whatever. Uh, however, uh, we don't want another Hani Mukhtar. What we want it would be great to have a Hani Mukhtar in our in our in our team. You want a Hani Mukhtar? You don't require a Hani Mukhtar. I don't require a Hani Mukhtar. <laughs> yes, I, anyone is welcome to play. Skill of play is not important, and learning the game is ha- not even a quarter of the way important. The most important thing is giving kids a couple hours a week to be kids to forget about any other problems they are having at home and just play. Mm-hmm. So you guys are are fielding teams at multiple age groups, and they're playing against against kind of traditional mid state sports leagues, sort of like kids whose parents are paying for them to play, right? But you guys take care yes. of the charges, okay? Yes. So, so what so ages? Too? Just, yeah, it's not just parents. We have some school teams as well that participate okay. in the league in, during the summer or, or fall. Uh, so it just depends on, uh, and there are a lot of like free agents, right, who sign up mm-hmm. and just uh, get put to, put on team together. Mm-hmm. And so, what age groups do you guys sponsor? So anywhere between three to eleven, okay. um, it's it split up. Uh, so we have the youngest team is three and four year olds. It's the cutest and best team to watch. I don't care. Their XG is incredible. Their goals are incredible. Uh, and if you have one player who like understands the game of soccer, it's just absolutely beautiful <laughs> because because they just get like all the goals. We had a player who would get five six goals. The player name, ironically, was MJ, and he played like MJ. He was incredible. Uh, so now he's he's five, so he's no longer in that young group, which takes us to that next group, which is five and six year olds. Um, and and they are and they are they also play on the smaller goals. And then there are two divisions after that, and those older divisions are split into girls and boys. So we we hope to have one team in each one of those. Our last season we had seven different teams, which was our biggest season ever. Uh, and they kind of split around those age groups from three to eleven. All right, and then before we we talk a little bit more Nashville SC, how can people get involved? How can they donate? How can they volunteer their time? How can they help kicking at six and five? Uh, look, the easiest way is to go to ki615.org, 
hit that donate button and give us whatever you can. Um, uh, you know, $5, $10 a month, anything like that, $20 a month would be amazing. Uh, what you don't realize is that these $5, $10 provide so much for the kids and we have that on monthly or quarterly basis or even yearly basis, we can bank on that donation being there, we can plan accordingly. So reoccurring donations are a big thing. We will also be looking for volunteers. We're looking for admin volunteers as well as coaching volunteers. So if you can, if you can volunteer, let us know at ki615.org and at kickinit615 on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Awesome, Valer. Well, let's talk a little bit more about yourself in, in a more naturalist-oriented direction. Um, you have started doing this thing that I really like on Twitter, um, your Film Friday pieces. You did one on Shaq Moore a couple of weeks back when he signed. Um, the games that he's played so far have not been the greatest for Nashville SC, so fans might not realize what he brings. When you did your film breakdown of him, what did you see? What did he bring? And, and have you seen that in the three appearances he's made so far? Definitely seen it in three appearances. I saw it against Toronto for sure. Um, I think the uh, the biggest thing he brings to the team is just that sort of uh, quality that is that is just at the same level as somebody like Walker Zimmerman. Um, if I can equate it to somebody somebody we know very well, uh, that that sort of mentality, that 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 effort and and fight that he has in him. Uh, but technically, he's a very gifted player. Defensively, he's really good. So. He's an upgrade, I think, in every every way, shape, or form from the fullbacks we have. And that is no disrespect to the fullbacks that Nashville SC have, but he is clearly the best, I think. And when you see him on the field, he's definitely brought that in. So defensively, I think he brings in a lot. Uh, and we've seen that since Gary has been playing forward at the back ever since he got there. And then going forward, I think his crossing is really, really well done. And him just progressing the ball forward as well. Uh, and I think that's one thing that he can improve on with Nashville is that crossing, which I think will come a little bit with him knowing his targets a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So once he gets to know CJ and Teal and whoever else is in the box, I think those crosses are going to come in either a little bit earlier or a little bit later, which will make all the difference in these situations. Yeah, I think that's something that Wes and I talked about last week. And if it wasn't, sorry, Wes, I'm going to just take credit for it anyway. But <laughs> but it does seem like he has the the technical ability, the tactical ability to make the right play. He just doesn't know his teammates well enough to know where they want to get the ball. And I think CJ is obviously the one that is the most, uh, you know, clearly is looking for that kind of headed service. Do you think that that Shaq's chemistry with the team is, is going to be that big of a factor? And and do you think, you know, we, we have seen some some struggles in the last couple of weeks here. Do you think that um, the defensive issues have been kind of maybe not necessarily specific to him and, and that sort of stuff is not going to be a problem going forward, but the attack will get better? I think that attack will get better, and and I do believe that the defensive issues. I haven't. I, I need to go back and look maybe at the goals for a fourth time. It's mm -hmm. like torture to me. The Toronto ones, you uh, should not. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you right now that he was not responsible for those. But as ones. far as I remember, I was going to say yeah, from what yeah, I've seen yeah. is that he wasn't. He wasn't part of that uh, responsibility. As far as going forward, it can only get better to mm -hmm. me. I, I think me sitting there and watching him live. It was so clear that his quality is there. Every time there yeah. was one point where he progressed the ball like through the midfield and went on and switched it to the other side, and I was like, "There's no player, no fullback in NSC that has ever done this since right. USL. Right. <laughs> like, like we just, we've never seen. <laughs> Pro it probably not then at, at quite the same level since right. that was against no, USL no, players. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, they weren't playing against Berdeski. Mm -hmm. um, who knows? Who cares? <laughs> 
All right. Well, Valera, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to talk about yourself and, and a little bit of the work that you've done. We are going to get into the final whistle here and I'm going to recommend some content and it is some stuff that we have just talked about, which is I want to encourage everyone to check you out on Twitter. You are no longer Mr. Shabilla 148. I think no. you are just Valera Shabilla now. Is that yes, right? Yes. Valera. So ch- check it out. Film Fridays every Friday. And another thing that I really like is what you do after the game, which is kind of uh, for your purposes, it would be Arsenal fan TV style just kind of talking about the game afterwards uh, somewhat emotionally. And that's something that I think every market has a place for that. And I think Nashville SC is, is better for having somebody to do that. No, I appreciate that. I hate that you compared me to uh, certain uh, outlets out there that I would like to mention. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do agree. It was, it was more about the team, the team uh, association. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I do, I do uh, do instant reactions that are more immediate. It's about a minute or two, really. I don't, I don't waste a lot of time. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, that is the raw reaction that I like doing. Um, do you want me to go into my content? Yeah, go ahead. Recommend your content. Okay. Uh, well, guys, I have a website for you. It's called cupcountrysa.com. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, I'll give you one non-soccer recommendation. Uh, lately, I've been watching Abbott Elementary. It's mm-hmm. a uh, sitcom. Uh, I think ABC makes it, but I watch it on Hulu. Um, if you haven't watched it and you want to pick up a new sitcom, really good first season's out, I would go highly recommend it. Abbott Elementary. Yeah, Abbott Elementary is really good. Bridget and I have watched the first several episodes. We kind of fell off as we as we started watching the the space show on Apple TV. Can't think uh, for all mankind. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna get back into that when we're done. I want to quickly give uh, a little shout out to the to the uh, fantasy soccer league with the results. Yep, clearly I'm number one in the league. Um, <laughs> no, I want to give a shout out to uh, some of the teams that have done really well. Um, and then I'm trying to scroll and find West down here. Okay, he's in 12th place. He's ahead of me. I'm in 23rd overall, <laughs> so, I can't, so I can't talk too much smack. Uh, we also have – I'm looking for Braden Gall, too, because he's he's always talking smack, too. Um, don't even see him in there. So, yeah, uh, a top top team in our league has, has 2,143 points over the course of the year. That is almost exactly – 150% of the number of points that I have. So I will not be talking any further smack, but um, if, if you have not uh, checked your fantasy team in a few weeks, I plead the fifth as to whether that uh, applies to me. Um, go ahead and, and check that out at uh, fantasy.mlssoccer.com. What, uh, yeah. And that's, I think everything that we have for today. So Valer, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, Wes, I hope you are surviving in Canada. I hope your your plane situation has been worked out. I hope it is all going well. Valer, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. And um, yeah, happy to make my uh, debut. Yeah, check. Uh, we didn't even give you a plug, Valer. Where where can the people find find your show? Oh, at Pharma Soccer on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I don't know if you go to Facebook anymore, but Twitter for sure. Uh, at Pharma Soccer, and uh, yeah, like Tim said, at Valer Shabilo on Twitter. All right. Thank you to ML Rose for the burgers. Thank you to Moon Taxi for the music. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, follow us on Twitter. I know every podcast says this. Actually, do it, please. Rate, review, subscribe. Um, And then thank you to the 440 Sports Network for keeping our microphones on. We will catch you next week.